Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Mercer Station. Before we get into the episode, just wanted to apologize for the few technical difficulties on my end with the microphone. Um, I don't know what happened, but hopefully you can still enjoy the episode. We didn't want to not put an episode out just because we felt like the topic was very timely and it was important that we get this out. And we had a very interesting conversation, we felt. So thank you for putting up with it and hopefully you can still enjoy it. Thank you. Welcome to the Mercy Station. You can follow us on Instagram at the Mercy Station and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Hello, this is Felino and Jake from the Mercy Station, and thank you for listening to this episode. We are recording this episode on August 6, 2019. On August 3, 2019, a heinous act was committed in our hometown of El Paso, Texas. Over 20 lives were taken on that day and dozens more injured. Our prayers go out to the families, victims, and to the whole city of El Paso. This leaves us with a heavy heart. However, we are incredibly proud of the resiliency of El Paso and witness great acts of kindness between the people. Blood blanks have been at capacity and donations to help victims have been pouring in from you, the listeners. Restaurants have been giving us us as the medical staff, food, and donating proceeds to the victim relief. El Pasoans are here for each other, and we treat each other like family. El Paso is strong. Usually in our episodes, we tend to have a lot of medical humor and poke at others, but this episode will have a bright side to these dark times. We will share personal stories that have witnessed or experienced in our other careers and, may, and remind us what we do as nurses. Enjoy the episode. All right. Um, so, yeah, what's up, Felino? Usually, what's up, man? Um, pretty crazy episode. Usually, we kind of have a very light hearted, um, specifically formatted style of doing our episodes. But uh, in light of everything that kind of happened uh, over the course of the past couple of days, we decided that we're going to break that format and kind of do a special episode um, highlighting, of course, the recent tragedy. Um, we actually have a special guest with us today. Um, one of my favorite people that I ever worked with, uh, Kaide, also known as KG. That's what me and Felino call her. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what's up, KG? What's up, guys? <laughs> um, so yeah, um, we met each other. Do you remember? We worked together for quite a few years. Yes. At- a hospital in El Paso. Do you remember? Um, I don't know. Kind of introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us about you, how long you've been a nurse, and kind of where you met Felino and I. So I started working at our hospital probably like five years ago, a couple months before Jacob started working with us. I remember still when when I was already working there, Felino was still a student. I was a student, man. <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's been five years, still working at the same place. I remember I thought I was a shit, and I was like, nah, fuck no, I'm not going to check your sugars. <laughs> you still think you're the shit. Yeah, you're yeah. still shit. <laughs> No, but yeah, it was weird. Like, I remember being super fucking scared, like, terrified, like, what the fuck did I go to school for? Like, mm-hmm. 
I still lived, like, I worked in El Paso at that hospital that we started at. But at the time, I was still living in Las Cruces, which is like an hour or so away from that particular hospital. It's like 35 minutes away from El Paso, but it's like an hour away from that hospital. So I was driving every day. Like, I didn't really know that many people. I didn't know anybody that worked there. I was super fucking scared. I didn't know what I was doing. They just threw me on nights. I didn't talk to anyone. Like, I was just sit there by the room and be, like, terrified looking at the monitors all the time. And then, like... You don't really know charting, so you're like, you're like you're super paranoid. Everything takes you forever. You have your preceptor like looking over your shoulders all the time. Like you don't like you're all awkward with the patients. You don't know what to do. And then like the first person that actually really talked to me at all was KG. Like I didn't have any friends, so she was actually my first friend on the unit. Um, so having her on the episode is pretty cool for me. Definitely special. Um, so I think the three of us, yeah, the three of us were all, like, we came up in a time where we were all started, like, around the same time, kind of had the same level of experience, kind and of got to see each other grow, kind of, throughout the course of our nursing career. Yeah, for sure. Well, me and Jacob, not you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, that like, is okay. came later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, oh, yeah, you, yeah. You kind of like peaced out early. Like you did your time, and then you're like, "I'm off to your travel nurse and make money." Yeah, yeah. Like and left us there doing the real shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Well, thank thanks for coming on the show, Kaida. Now, for everyone that's listening right now, um, on a more serious note, uh, KG was actually um, part of the medical response team that actually uh, was there during the the shooting in El Paso happening. So we want to give a little bit more of a background on her. And what I wanted to ask her is, uh, um, can you just like walk us through like the day and like what happened? Um, not, not so many details cause you want to keep everything like, uh, for patient privacy, of but course. like as, um, as a nurse, like, uh, can you just walk us through like what happened that day? So, I was chilling at my home. <laughs> I was actually talking to Ferino on the phone yeah. and we were gonna have a cookout at my pool at the apartment. And then he he was like, my phone's going crazy. I'm getting all these alerts. There's a shooting. I'm like, nah. Yeah, man. And, you can't believe it, right? Like, And for people that don't understand, like, like stuff like stuff that like does that not happen in El Paso. Like, never. Like, never. We're not we're used not to crap like mass shootings or bombs or really murders are, are not that common. Like, like those are big but, deals. Like, and it's a big city. El Paso is like has over a million people and for a couple of years in a row El Paso was rated one of the safest cities above a million people in the United States. So yeah, I even saw like alerts like in the news, like oh like Oh, it's just a guy just, like, shooting off his gun or something in the street or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, at first I thought he was kidding. And then I just turned on the TV. He's like, no, I'm not kidding. My phone's going off. Mm-hmm. I turn on the TV, watch the news. And, um, yeah, it was true. How, so how long after you started seeing what was going on before someone from work like contacted you um, to actually go in? Because, like, I'm just curious, like, 
was it pretty was it soon, soon afterwards? Because like, like people don't know, know it's like weird, weird and weird. You and I have only overnight, so like, that's your off, like, so for you, for them to call you, this was what, like around noon or something just happened? Like it was pretty early on in the day, so. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody calls, calls us, us to win, it's like, it's like equivalent of like two in the morning, morning for, for a day shift. <laughs> so I started talking to some of my coworkers. Uh, some of them were on call and for day shift and everybody was like, did they call you? Are you supposed to come in? Did they ask you to come in? But we hadn't heard anything. But uh, one of my close friends, she was working that day and then I contacted her and um, yeah, they told me to come in, to come yeah. in, help. So, so that was like, that in, was the like in the afternoon, like, like, like maybe like a couple hours, hours after everything? Yes. And did, did um, um, I assume, I of course, you just went to see no one, you know, you like the ICU. Were you taking, taking, did they just assign you, like, a normal shift, like, 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 patients, or, like, did they have it organized, like, where you're going to help out this person, or, like, do you feel like it was, like, a normal day, or was it just kind of, like, a little bit of chaos or something? So, like I said, I wasn't even supposed to work. And I just contacted them if they needed any help. And they told me to come in. So right away I just got into my scrubs. Uh, I was on my way to work. And um, I showed up and everybody... There was so many people, all the charge nurses were there already. Um, the CNO, all the big bosses were there. How many how many people do you think that were like off on that day? Like how many people do you think that were off came in like on their own will just like just wanted to help? So we probably had like two or three time three more like three times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um most of them weren't scheduled to work. They just showed up to work to try to help where they can. That's good. So they, they didn't even like get a call right they just like no. we're just going to work some of them did but other people just randomly showed up like so like, they, they even had a chance, chance to call you, call you, call you already, already to come like hey i'm going, going in, in. yes like, like them that's that's volume volume about about like the community, like the community for sure yeah dude even if like i mean i used to work at that hospital but um even when i started hearing the events and like this shit was real i didn't even uh I I felt so helpless and I, there's something like I wanted to help so bad. I, I I actually while KG was going to work, I was like, hey, dude, can you ask him if like can I buy them food or anything? Um, and um, already like on the news, like uh, there was like uh, food getting delivered to these hospitals, like for all the medical response teams, like all the first responders. So um, like I already's like okay, like. Just let me know, like I'm on standby, and then even uh, on Facebook, um, even former employees of that hospital would just say like, uh, they would put like a volunteer post, and it's like, hey, we're ICU nurses, like we're here to help anywhere we can. Yeah, actually, they also texted me, asking me, do you guys need help with anything? We're willing to come in, help. Um, 
I did ask one of our bosses if that was possible, but we had a lot of people show up to work and that would have been only the worst case scenario that we would have needed extra nurses. Like that, that, that are not staffed there anymore. Yeah, there's, yeah, so, there's so many illegal things. That things that but there was so many... Employee, you know, yeah. Yeah, and so many former employees were willing to come in, help with anything they could. I mean, that's awesome. Like, I even asked, like, or even was thinking, like, if I could just, like, find my old scrubs and just, like, go into that place. Because it's uniform, so I couldn't just wear anything, right? I don't think I don't that would work. That would work. That would work. Unless you have Caribbean brown scrubs. Yeah, and then like if even if I show up and then like, like all this is going, all this chaos is going on. This like, all this like uh, like sadness is going on. Like this guy with no badge, like no one knows him anymore. Like and I just I come in. Have my badge. Oh, like, do you? <laughs> I yeah. got a badge for you. Like and then, like, so so for me, imagine if like some poser just comes in. It's like yeah, I'm a nurse. Like, nah, man, it's not. Sometimes it's just better to like let. But the people that are trained to do what they need to do, like, to... Yeah, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. And I think that's an interesting feeling, because, like, um, you know, because you know, you're actually in El Paso this year, because you're... Um, we, haven't we haven't done an episode in a long time, so we... Oh, we haven't really yeah. caught, up, caught up on what's going, going on, but, like, I'm still out of state, state in Washington, Washington, and you're actually back home right now. Um... So yeah, so, yeah, I can definitely speak to that. Like, for sure, I had that same feeling. Like, it's almost like helpless, especially because you're, you see, you see something that was part of your former life, but you're not there anymore, so you can't really impact it. And you're kind of like, you want to help, and you can't do anything. Like, that's kind of how both me and my wife felt. Like, my wife was born and raised in El Paso, so this hit her really, really hard. It almost felt like an attack. Um, you know, like, this, yeah, it's like a personal attack. Like, even if. Like, like we didn't, we didn't have anyone that was, that was like, like affected by the, by the tragedy a bit like directly, but like oh, yeah. when you yeah when you come from like a community like El Paso, like an attack on one of us is an attack on all of us, you know? Yeah, and like, like El Paso is a city where, uh, um, especially coming from like the Hispanic community, everyone's a cousin of a cousin, and like I'm I'm like I'm I'm Filipino and like I'm a minority here in El Paso, but everyone here in El Paso treats me like family. And, like, uh, I knew, at least I knew, I I at least knew a couple people that were affected because uh, the community here is so tight-knit. Yeah. So, I mean, they weren't affected personally, but they, they their family members were. And, I mean, it still hit home to me, like, you just can't believe what happens. And then seeing all these nurses, especially, like, Gaida, like, going in on a day off, she just, like, got off at eight. Uh, like eight days in a row or something like that and then she goes in on just on, on her day off um hangover yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll go over from the night before like, i was yeah, about yeah. to have a chill cookout yeah we were just we were just gonna have a cookout but then um and, and it, we, even with other nurses cookouts you know yeah the summer cookouts yeah, yeah. and faster are great and then we, we were supposed to do with other nurses but like you know everyone was like no we just can't like let's go help like we have the skills, yeah. we have the we have the right that we can do it. Like I work at this place, like let's fucking do it. So I'm, I'm proud of that, you know? 
for sure like that's the main thing is like the initial shock of hearing it and then like sadness and then kind of just wondering like what the fuck is going on yes. and then you're you're getting mad but at the same time then your thoughts shift at least where i was like we're watching all this unfold on tv like from across the country and then right away i start to think about you guys like that are working there at that hospital because like i know you guys i i picture everything like i i know exactly like yeah you know what it's like to get like a busy like two or three trauma patient like like super bad i can't even imagine but like multiples and multiples of patients coming that's crazy actually everything went so smooth we had oh that's good like 40 nurses on a unit all the trauma doctors all the charge nurses from day shift and night shift um the boss of the whole hospital and um we had help from other hospitals other units everybody just showed up it was so organized a tragic event but it was very organized everybody showed up um everybody was wanting to help we even had students on the floor oh wow damn that's badass damn wow that's cool i remember uh the ceo made a comment on on one of the news stations i don't know i briefly read it but he was saying like you know it's it sucks to say but when these things happen we always have to be prepared for it and Mm -hmm. like you guys were you know we actually just recently had a drill for it Oh, I yeah. I missed it, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I was we, gonna say like I remember I um, when I oh go for it. No, that's all I know. <laughs> oh, I was I was just gonna say like you reminded me when I used to work there like um, I remember those mass casualty drills like the trauma team would have like, yes. and yeah. I used to hate them because I like it would be our boss like our unit director oh, one yeah, time yeah. like she would come in as a patient. Like, and they would put put them in, in a bed, like all like your unit director, like charge nurses from day shift, like maybe your like clinical coordinator, stuff like that would come in and have to like act as a patient. Mm-hmm. And you would, so it would like, it would be like almost like a test, like in nursing school, like a skills test or like a checkoff where they're looking over you and yeah, then like yeah. the trauma doctors at the bedside. And I was always like, oh, this is so fucking stupid. Like we know what to do, but like damn it's it you is never, crazy yeah, you they, never believe anything would happen yeah, to you until it does right like, exactly so the fact that this that you guys were so prepared and everything went like you said smooth and the unit like the whole hospital from the sound of it from the er all the way like all the floors everything sound like like you guys were just super on point and i don't know it was crazy to hear that and made me so proud you know because like you guys are family you know like i love you guys and and it's just crazy to to just think that something like this happened so close to us, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know, man. A lot of emotions for sure this week. Yeah, and I, I I'm so proud how the city like just came together, um, like all the way from the first responders all the way to the hospitals, um, just to just to do what they can. Like within hours, blood banks were were full. Um, I remember right right um when like things like when the shooter was apprehended or whatever and um they were transferring patients but to the hospitals there was like broadcast going out like uh please donate blood and that's um, what i did too yeah um I, really? the, the first thing i did was post on facebook 
please go donate some blood. We need it. Before I even knew how many patients we had. Yeah, I knew you just know, right? Yeah. I knew we were going to need. And when the minute, yeah. not only when it, like within the first hour, all blood banks were full. And like, just come back tomorrow. And They're still full. They're still full. I actually, uh, I'm going to donate blood within a, within a day here, but... I got like a, a missed slot that like someone canceled their appointment, but it was one 20 minute appointment in a week. That is crazy. Yeah. Damn. I've been and heard. Like, yeah. Like go for it. I, I heard like one or two days ago, people showed up before the blood bank opened and they waited five, six hours to donate some blood. Damn, like they're lining up to donate blood like they're trying to get concert tickets or something like that's crazy to me. <laughs> like appointments um and you're right like i picture like another thing i picture when all the patients rolling in i just picture those boxes like the mass transfusion protocol like where boxes of blood and people don't realize like um that it, like maybe you don't work in the icu or er or something like how much blood those patients what go through. Patient it's literally, needs, right? Yeah, like you're rapid, Especially you're just rapid patients. transfusing them. Like yeah. it's just blood product, blood product, blood product, like nonstop. So for um, like nursing students out there, a master transfusion can, you can probably infuse what a unit of blood in like a minute, less than a minute, less, less than a yeah, minute. And you're doing it two units on at the a transfuser time. for sure. But yeah, and if someone needs blood quick, it's two units of blood. That's in less than a minute so imagine we've had nights where we transfuse at least 50 units yeah at least 50 mm-hmm. so you can I remember you can imagine what happened yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so like, i knew please yeah. go donate some blood so let me yeah, ask you like just, when you when you were there um uh and you were helping around you showed up at a certain hour and like what time like how long were you there for the hospital before uh, things started like kind of like that we got control back of the situation so when I showed up, all the patients were already in the unit. Some of them already went to the operating room and had some procedures done. But um, so what was I the was question? just how helping. many hours did it take? What was it, Felina? How many hours were you there in the hospital? Because I know it's your day um, off, like. At that point, like, when were they, how, how many hours do you think they could have, like, started releasing, like, nurses? Like, so, I was probably there five or six hours. But, um, so, usually, our ICU nurses have uh, two patients. Mm-hmm. But, um, like one nurse wh- while I was, patients, yes. So. Yeah. yeah. So, while I was there, there usually. was at least four or five nurses in one room. And, um one trauma doctor assigned to one room really yes wow. yes that's crazy that's so four, four to five nurses mm-hmm. in one room at a time and um so let's say the nurse who's like i assume they had like a nurse who was already scheduled to work like maybe that's their patient mm-hmm. were they just delegating tasks or was that coming mostly like from the doctor or like like how did how did you feel that it was organized? Like, was there any issues as far as, like, who does what or... I don't think anybody was really delegating. I feel like it was a whole team working on one patient. Oh, wow. That's that's really good because, like, you know, you know, like, as an ICU nurse, everyone's a freaking stickler, you know what I mean? Like, I have that one room, yeah. like, don't come in my room. 
Like, um, even if it's like a super critical patient, like if, if you're going to walk in my room and help me, like you're going to do it my way. Right. Like don't touch my patient basically. A lot of type A personalities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I see, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not, <laughs> yeah. but that's not how it was at all. That's good. That's Everybody good. was there to help. And, um, it was a traumatic situation for sure. Um, just for the whole city, everybody wanted to do whatever they can do and help where they can help. Um, that's and that's really, really cool to hear. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I remember those crazy nights there, like getting traumas. And um, that's probably the biggest thing that um, I'd notice for sure, like going from coming from that kind of environment where, like you said, everyone kind of works as a team. So I, I can't imagine like having that many nurses. Like, I don't think I ever saw it to that effect for sure. Um, but yeah, what a lot of people don't realize it's like, yeah, that's your patient. But when you work at a trauma center and something crazy goes down or there's like, um, some crazy, like multi person trauma coming in, how important teamwork and, and the fact that the unit can operate as that, that's super, that's critical right there. Like if you don't have that. Most people there were inside the unit on their days off. That's crazy. So there's like, more people that came in that were like on their days off yes. and like were even scheduled mm-hmm. to come in. Damn. That's so Can good. you imagine that, dude? Like I don't know. That's that's crazy to me. That's fucking awesome. Makes me super proud. And like you said, not only just of the hospital but the whole community. Like everything I've seen, um, you know, it's it's been super impressive. Like, um El Paso is is a cool place definitely an interesting place a unique mm-hmm. place um it's hard to describe it like it was so crazy because i was just talking about el paso like um my last week before this like just not everyone's always very curious because i have a new batch of travel nurses that came in that always ask me where i'm from and so it's one of those places that's so isolated ge- geographically from the rest of the country that a lot of people don't know anything about it it's kind of a mystery even in texas within texas it's super isolated from the rest of texas yeah and then already the southwest not a lot of people understand about the southwest um people hear little bits about it like sometimes on the news or whatever but it's super mysterious people don't know what it's like um yeah unless you live here for like at least a year or two like you probably get the understanding of the culture and it's it's a huge um like family oriented culture and coming from like a filipino background like only um like five of my family members are here and even a kg here um like you came from another country right so like you only been here how many years i've been here for a few years probably at least six or seven but um El Paso is I like... grew up on the other side of the world. Yeah. And um, my my original plan wasn't to come here. And uh, I wasn't super excited. But once I got to know the city, I'm loving it. Yeah, it's always home. Like, No matter like who you sure, are, there's... you can just like come in and just call it your home and people will accept you here i've always felt welcomed and um mm-hmm. people have always treated me nice and friendly and 
It's good. That's El Paso yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, that's El Paso. Yeah, exactly. That right there, that sums up. Like, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from, what you think, what your background, anything. Like, when you're there, like, you're kind of family, and that community embraces you. Um, very easy to meet people, meet friends. People are friendly. People are down to get to know you. Um, like, oh, let's go out. Let's get a bite to eat. Let's go out and have a drink. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Um, that doesn't happen everywhere. And, like, I didn't realize that until, like, I got away from El Paso Same. and started seeing that. You know? Like, yeah. Like, it's not. And that's surprising. Like, I think a lot of people coming into El Paso, like, um, that either have to move there. Because they do get a lot of people from out of state, whether it be, like, military yeah. or people traveling through. Like, it's a big military town. Mm -hmm. That's another factor of it that a lot of people don't know about it. Um, is just how, like you said, Felina, like, it's so community-oriented. Everything is so family-based. Um, they bring you in. They embrace you no matter who you are, where you're, where you're from, really everything. Um, so to see something like this happen in a community like that is it's really heartbreaking because, you know, we're just not used to that. Like, I think, you know, that city averages something like 18 to 20 murders a year, like mm -hmm. a year. It's pretty so low, the fact yeah. that something, yeah. So the fact that something like this happened is, I think it's just let every, left everyone in a state of shock, you right. know? Yeah. Well, it, yeah, I mean, this person was not from here. And that makes it worse too. Like he traveled here. I, we don't, yeah, it's like an outsider coming to attack your family. Like, that's weird, you know? Like, yeah, and I think it worse. feels like a violation almost, you know? Like, it just sucks. Sure. Like, yeah. So after after that whole day, Kaede, um, and, like, what I really wanted to ask you, like, after the whole day um, and you went home, and from being a nurse and then from being on Paso, like, how do you feel about being part of something that, like, was actually helping people in a positive way. And like when all of El Paso was going through these like dark times, you you were actually something pretty positive and trying to like basically save lives. You're saving these people's lives. Like, what do you think about that? I could not be more proud of my actual hospital and unit and my coworkers and the doctors. In such a tragic event, I feel like everything went as smooth as it could be. That's good. Um, like I said, most people there came in on their days off. And we had so much help. If we would have gotten more patients, we would have had extra nurses to take care of the Patience. That's so badass. She's even bragging that they could have handled more. Yeah, we could have. <laughs> That's so badass. That's when you know you're doing when you're doing something right. When you feel like no matter what can come through that door, like we got it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm badass. very sad about what happened, but we were prepared for worse. Damn. That is a good line. I like That's it. That's a good line, Katie. Damn. Yeah. Proud I didn't of rehearse this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's super we obvious we didn't rehearse anything. I'm proud of all the nurses, all the doctors of my whole hospital. Dang, that's awesome. And even just like not even being uh, working for that hospital, being a nurse and in general, um, just like watching all these nurses. All the like, support. Yeah, excel. And like mm -hmm. when 
when shit hits the fan, they're fucking prepared. Like it's time, it's your time to shine, and like, literally, a tragic event is depending on you, on us, and watching my friends go through all that. Oh my god, I couldn't feel even more proud. Even though I felt helpless, like I always wanted to do something. Like I, always, I had in the back of my mind, like you know what, like my friends got this, and I knew, I knew nurses from a. a the whole city, because it, it didn't just go to, uh, a lot of patients didn't just go to, uh, to KG's hospital. They went to other hospitals around the city. Mm-hmm. And all, sure. my, all my friends, like, um, were working there, and they all, all of El Paso and all their hospitals were prepared for it. Which is, which is a sad thing to be prepared for, but to excel in, the time, in these dark times is, makes me so proud to see you guys, like, perform. We had also a lot of support from other cities, uh, other states. Um, San Antonio, they sent us their service dogs to help the I nurses, the, the victims. Damn, that was awesome. The families. That's been going around on the news is the service dogs, like all the support staff. Like I was reading like even like people from the cafeteria would go in. Just because of all the extra stuff. Oh, yeah, we got some free food and free drinks. That's... This never happens. Yeah, that's crazy. Especially like, for night shift, right? Like yeah. They close oh, I... before 7, before I get there. <laughs> I've oh, been complaining you. about this for four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, free food. <laughs> I know. I mean, I picture all the times, like, like we're like dogs looking for food. Like, it's it was embarrassing. Oh, like. <laughs> Yeah, dude, night shift at the hospital, man. Like, we were scrounging around. We would eat anything. What a burger. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, we had so much support, even from the local businesses. Yeah, even, it doesn't have to go, like, into, you don't have to be trained in, like, medicine or be a first responder, like, to support and to help. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even uh, on assignment right now, and I'm donating blood. I know restaurants are giving like medical people food. The funeral. Oh yeah, the funeral homes. Um, oh yeah. Even that, that even that like, yeah. I mean, it, it's sad to say, but um, like the funeral homes are giving uh, free funeral service to the victims of the tragedy. So. Yeah, I thought that was a really really cool move of all the businesses. Like, and the fact that all the funeral homes were cooperating, kind of like in the same way that we were talking about, like. The hospitals, like everyone helping each other out, like to see all the funeral homes together being like agreeing on something like these are rivals, like business rivals that compete with each other. And Mm -hmm. like all that stuff is gone. Like eh, the whole community seems like it's uniting and everyone just pitching in. Everything is just. Yeah. You know, I I said in the beginning of the episode, like we make fun of each other and we make fun of like, like, yeah. Okay, everyone makes fun of me. But. <laughs> Short dick. <Yeah. laughs> oh, damn. Just making fun of my Asianness over here. Haven't seen it. <laughs> no one has. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, guys, this is our episode. <laughs> no, no, but uh, like. Uh, what was I trying to say, man? I was trying to get all emotional. Shit. I uh, even saw, like, a day or two ago, people from Juarez, they were trying to pray for us, and um, they had their phones and candles lit up 
towards El Paso. Damn, that's really cool. Because like we're usually on the other side. Like um, for those yeah. who don't know, El Paso is directly. Cool. Yeah, it's like across <laughs> the border from Juarez. Like it's like the sister city. Like it's right there, and the cities are so dependent on each other, like economic wise, cultural wise, everything. And so, like years back when Juarez was having a really hard time through like all the drug violence and the cartel wars and stuff, like there was a lot of stuff in El Paso, like pray for Juarez, love for Juarez for the people over there. Mm -hmm. So to see that reverse now and that love given back was really cool to see for sure yes. because you know like this crosses borders this crosses communities everything like it's just all love right now and unfortunately it's only through really tragic circumstances that you realize like how amazing that everyone is the community the nurses and stuff we take for granted you know yeah. like we you know, you know, KG, we worked at that hospital for how many years and we made jokes like, you know, <laughs> like how jaded we are yeah. and like, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you become jaded working as a nurse and you see things every day and stuff just becomes repetitive and it's just everything becomes a job. So in events like this and you can kind of step back and see how important your job is, is really cool. You know, for sure. I have never felt more proud. Damn. Yeah. Nah, that's a good one. That's awesome. No, no, I like I, it. I love my coworkers. I love my doctors, um, my patients, my unit. Um, I couldn't be more proud. Damn. We well, couldn't be more proud of you, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say. Thank you for coming on the show, Kaide. Thanks yeah. for having me. <laughs> KG. KG. Chimpochi. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope this episode made, uh, made you smile a little bit. Um, in these dark times and especially if you're a nurse be proud to be one or if you're a uh, first responder or anything in the medical field or even if you work in a hospital be proud that you're part of that system and we like to thank all of El Paso and all the businesses and all the support and especially to you our listeners that so far have donated and um, have gotten our message through our Instagram to donate blood thank you we encourage no you no matter to where you are for sure. That's yeah, no point. matter where you are. Um, we know it's not just El Paso that's been affected, you know, Dayton, Ohio. and Yes, then, just know, a few hours after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, unfortunately, this kind of stuff has happened before. This is unfortunately not going to be the last time. And so anytime something like this happens, you know, even if you're not part of that community, it's important to always keep that in mind that somebody's going through this. Yeah. And, you know, so unfortunately. We encourage you to go to our Instagram at the Mercer Stations and please donate to the Victims Relief Funds. There we have slides for uh, slides and links to either donate blood or to donate uh, monetary uh, to help the victims of El Paso. We also encourage you, if you can, like Jacob said earlier, no matter where you are, El Paso or not, to go donate blood and save lives. Uh, a big thing that I want to say is that you also must donate when there's not a crisis. Blood has to be processed, tested, you know, like, and actually, and blood actually has a shelf life, so we must stay consistent in uh, donating blood. It's just, can't just do it when there's a crisis. But, yeah. on the other hand, I'm super proud of El Paso for maxing out blood banks on um, the time of need. And last but not least, Another one, we also want to thank you, the listeners, uh, for donating all you can. El Paso is in your thoughts. And thank you for listening to this episode.
Love y'all. Love y'all. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>